What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast. Super fun episode for you guys today. We are doing our Patreon roundtable episode with three members of our Patreon community. You're going to really like this episode. And if you want to be like one of these members, then all you have to do is support us over on Patreon, patreon.com backslash chain clankers. You're going to appear in a podcast every three months, every quarter, as well as you're going to get some coaching tips and tricks. So you're going to want to make sure you go over there and your support directly helps keep this podcast going, keeps the lights on, keeps the bills paid, allows us to continue to produce episodes, which we highly appreciate. As well, this episode is brought to you by Upper Park Disc Golf. Upper Park Disc Golf is bringing you the best bags in the disc golf game. They've got a wide variety of bags that are suitable for any disc golfers. So make sure you use promo code clinkers10 at checkout today to receive a special 10% discount that lets Upper Park know you listen and support this podcast. Again, that is promo code clinkers10. Let's get to the episode. Welcome in everybody to the Chain Clinkers Disc Golf Podcast. We've got another special episode with you guys today. Today we are sitting down with three of our members of our Patreon community. You can join at patreon.com backslash chain clinkers. Help support the podcast as well as you can join us on a podcast. We're just starting to do a lot more coaching over there as well and providing uh, tips throughout the week and just trying to provide more value over there in all. Today, we've got Brandon, John, and Brian joining us on the podcast. Let's start with introductions here today, boys. Brandon, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. Glad to have you back. John, excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like it's been a minute or maybe this is your first time actually being able to, the schedules have aligned. First, first time it worked out. Kids, nice. kids down to sleep and summer vacation for, for my teacher self works out. So glad to be here. Nice. How old are your kids? Uh, I have one kid. She's just over three years old. Nice. That's exciting. Congratulations. Brian, how are you doing? Doing great. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah. So we've got a awesome lineup going on tonight. So tonight we're going to talk about one thing that is going good in our games right now. One thing that is going poorly in our games right now, as well as we're then going to discuss what's up with losing discs. Is it worth spending your time looking for discs? Do people even return discs? Should you return discs? What are the rules by finding lost discs? And we're going to wrap today's show up. We're talking about UDISC course ratings and are people too generous with their ratings? Should we change the way that we rate disc golf courses so that they can improve? But like I said, let's start with the one thing that's going well and one thing that's going poorly. Brandon, why don't you kick us off? What do you got? As well as any updates. I feel like you always have an update for me. I do. Once again, I do have another update. Let's go! <laughs> Minus 500 on the odds. <laughs> Pretty safe bet at that point. Uh so, uh, as you can see, I've won another, this one was a triples tournament at the same course I won a doubles at last year. Um, after some uh, things happened with what used to be orbital discs, I have now joined Team Lone Star. Uh, and that actually goes into what has been going good and what's been going bad. Um I've actually been putting some of the best I have recently. Uh, I switched to blue bonnets in the V2 plastic and been loving them. A deeper feeling putter feels amazing in my hand though. Uh, but I'm going through form changes 
while I'm learning new discs. And that's kind of the rough part of my game right now is trying to not get upset at the disc because I know it's my form <laughs> while I still enjoy the discs because I have the arm speed for the bayonet, which is a overstable distance driver, destroyer-esque. Sometimes it flips over too much. Sometimes it hyzers out on me and it's the same disc just because of form. Yeah. And I know kind of the main two things that go in, on in my form. And so I'm just working through those right, right now. Would you say the plastic compares to most what? Like next company that comes to mind when you think about their plastic? It depends on what plastic you're trying to compare. Um, Bravo. Uh, it, it has the hand, like the hand feel of, it feels as quality as like the Royal line from uh, Latitude, but like it's as soft as like an ESP Flex or something like that. While Alpha is a lot more slick and really stiff. And the V2 plastic, which is their Victor plastic and their stiffer version of that, uh, it's a base plastic that you can get max weight and it floats in water. And it's, I've never felt a plastic okay. like that. And I, it's a go-to. Yeah. Well, well, I, I mean, I want to get spicy here. Look, can, can you talk about your, your, your details? Your, uh, what's a signing bonus with Lone Star? What's that look? What's that contract look like? It's the Ranger team, so it's it's not big signings. The AM team, um, just just some free stuff every once in a while, some discounts that I get to use. But besides that. Not much, which, I mean, people give Lone Star hate for it. I don't. We're amateurs. We're getting stuff basically for free. So, John, let's hear it, man. I'm excited. What's one thing going good in your game and one thing that you'd like to see improvement? Uh, so I just, I've, I think this is the never-ending thing. Everyone's going through form changes and trying to tweak things. I, uh. I think I've kind of got a good form down, but I actually, I'm kind of actually focusing for a little bit here. I on strictly standstill backhand from the tee and kind of working on a way to like, like actually kind of, it's a weird thing. I've, I've kind of decided to like almost keep both my feet together then put my one back foot back when I decide to throw like my reach back and like trying to just time it out correctly. And it's, it's been like interesting to get me like a better like feel of, foot placement and throwing like straighter and like really easy shots. And I, part of it came, you know, back to that, like the other part of that, what's going bad is I, I have like pretty bad knees. Like I'm a 47 mm. year old dude that needs knee replacements pretty soon. So I tweaked my knee, like playing around. Like I didn't even know it was bad until like I woke up the next day and was like, my knee really hurts. And I'm like, well, I must've done it while playing disc golf. I didn't like feel it then, but so I've kind of went to the standstill just to kind of like to improve my form, but which has been really, it's been going really well, actually. Like it's been a unique experience, like trying to just like, I've heard a lot about that. Like, Hey, let's, and I also, what was it? Uh, what's the one she, oh, lady she wants. She's like new to the scene for prodigy this year. She, uh, uh, Henderson. Yeah. She, she posted a video cause she's like a, I mean, she's like a forehand machine, but like she was showing how she's doing some drills to like work on her, like working her backhand 
And I kind of looked at that and went, I think I, I think I could take a few things of this and kind of tweaked it. Um, I'm also like still searching for my first ace in disc golf. I've not, I play some short courses that should be like aceable. And I'm like, I need to just learn. I just need to kind of like work on just a controllable straight shot um, as well. Like I, I feel like I'm getting decent. Um, I'm like a scratch kind of disc golfer, but so I think that's kind of two things. Like I'm like kind of working on that and trying to tweak those and, you know, trying to, trying to keep my knees healthy for a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, but that's going well, even like my forehand, I'm trying to like, just kind of do more like a short standstill, like, cause that's been my, like, that's been my most, most inconsistent part of my game. My, my forehand is like, wow, I can throw forehand next week. Wow. I can't throw forehand at all. Um, yeah, cause I tend I to like, overpower things and roll my wrist and it's all goofy. So, but yeah, that's my, have that's you, my... when you're, when you're going to the standstill, are you also disking down? Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to like, I, I've been trying to focus, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've just, I pretty much have taken every distance dry around my bag, unless I don't even know if I can carry them. I carry them just for, for fun sometimes, but I'm pretty much like nine speed or less. And I'm usually throwing a lot of mid range, um, you know, and kind of those six, seven, I mean, I even like the hybrid, the low fairways, like the six sevens, like the craves. Um, I throw like a mixed bag of like a lot of little castoplasts here and there, some MVP and some stuff, but I like in the Crave a lot. Um, um, I like my old, I like the new, the, the Stieg from Casta, but I also like their old Caxi a lot. Um, but a lot of those, like kind of like that, that seven, seven, eight range. Um, yeah. And trying to just like focus on that, focus on like, I, I got, I w of course I bought into like the visionary net, which is awesome from a backyard to help with some of the form stuff too. So, and I just like work on like mid ranges mostly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. I really think like throwing straight, one of the key things to it is disking down, like just in my own personal experience and watching some people that I've been working with on coaching. It's like when we can throw a putter and we can throw it pretty straight, that's how we know we're actually getting better at throwing straight because a lot of the times you can throw a destroyer straight but because of its overstability it's going to fade regardless yeah. and so i absolutely love to hear that you said you're disking down i think that's a great range to be in i mean let's be honest none of us sitting in this room are going on the pro tour this year so like we should probably be taking this distance drivers out of our bags because it just takes so much energy to throw um, for me like i used to forehand a dd3 one of the old Innova ones, I think it was, I think it's S line. And, uh, I've replaced that for an honor from latitude 64. I think it's their version of trying to be a firebird. And I absolutely love it. That thing is money on the forehand. So if anyone's looking for a new forehand disc, I would try that one. It's a good one. Get those legs <laughs> in. Ryan, what's going on, man, man, life is good. Um, I have also, reinvented my form uh here recently uh my wife went out with me while i was playing around and was like where are you aiming your feet and i was like somewhere over there and she's like where are you aiming your throw to and i'm like around there and she goes why don't you point to where you're aiming your feet and bring it back to that to your foot and then point to where you want your discs to go and bring it back to a spot and since then, I went and played, I don't know if everybody's familiar with it or not, but I played Harmony Bends, Red Tees last um, Wednesday, and shot two over and played um, two of the four par fives there um, 
at par and played the other two at bogey, um, which is a first for me. And, and then uh, that evening, so that was a PR there. And then that evening I uh, went and played my home course, Holt Summit here in Missouri uh, in our weekly Jeff City Disc Golf League and shot a, a personal best by four strokes um, that night doing the same wow. thing. So, and then this past weekend played three different brand new blind courses and shot nothing worse than seven over, um, this weekend. So this, uh, shout out to my amazing, uh, beautiful, uh, wife, um, Christina for helping me improve my game just in the past few weeks. And it's got me more mentally focused. Let's stone. I just checked uh, while you guys were talking 18 days, I will be pulling into Peoria, Illinois to take on uh, MA three at Ledgestone. So I'm stoked about that. Um, and, but before that can even happen, um, shout out to, uh, to my crew that's helping. Uh, I'm part of the, uh, the committee that's helping put on mid America open here uh the end of july if you're in around the missouri area please come and see some disc golf we will have some amazing pros both uh local touring pros and we'll have some of uh the big name uh around the united states touring pros um stopping through on before they head up to lightstone as well the following week so uh i get to help with that been helping with social media on that and everything and uh gonna help with volunteering uh running volunteering and all that so yeah it's been a lot going on, but uh, it's great to just be back playing disc golf. I've been down uh, from the end of April through the beginning of June with a uh, sprained Achilles from a disc golf injury. Uh, so it's just nice to be back throwing again. And yeah, John, I hear you. 42 ain't fun anymore, man. <laughs> I, I, I would take being 24 any day of the week. <laughs> but um, just want to give a shout out, by the way. Um, my buddy, Cody Bradley. Congrats on that uh, first dub that you got a couple weeks ago. He pulled his first uh, uh, sanctioned tournament win wire to wire that weekend. Uh, it was awesome to, to watch virtually. Um, and a really cool, I don't know if everybody's a horror movie fan like myself, but a really cool thing I learned this weekend. My buddy Jerry and I were at a big convention over in Kansas City, and we were talking to the man Nick Castle, the original Michael Myers, for those who don't know. Um, and come to find out, he played frisbee golf when they would play that tree from our spot, that picnic table from our spot back in the 1960s. We sat there and talked disc golf with him for like 10 minutes. It was so cool. That's awesome. But yeah, so the man Michael Myers was a uh, was an OG in disc golf too. <laughs> so the more yeah. you know. So you were in KC. Did you play any courses in KC? Yeah, we played uh, Hobby Hill. Um, which was nice. amazing. Uh, if you get a chance, definitely get over to that course. Um, and then we went across the uh, river to Leavenworth and University or St. Mary University or University of St. Mary. I think it was. They have an, uh, an amazing course on their little campus. Um, just gorgeous uh, course. We played there. Um, my buddy and I were like, man, if we had $25,000, we would make this, we would help them get this course up to a little bit more it needs, but just doing it on their own since 1999, you just said, um, you know, it's a great course, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of different, uh, attacks that you can do on that course. And then on our way back, um, uh, we stopped in Marshall, Missouri and played, uh, um, I think it's Indian Hills North is what we played. So 
Got three rounds in plus. Oh, those were those three blind rounds, weren't they? Yeah. Yep. Nice. So nice. yeah, those were the uh, those were the three blind rounds, but they were a lot of fun. Um, yep, <laughs> and then got to go hang out with a bunch of uh, spooky people at a at a convention for the weekend too. So. <laughs> But yeah, sounds like a good weekend. It and, was, you know, thinking, thinking and seeing, you know, I can visualize awesome courses to go play. When I think of Kansas City, I think of Waterworks. And when I think of Wichita, I think of Oak Park. And then I also think of some courses where, you know, you have a high likelihood of losing a disc right now for us. Uh, Colwich East and West are just so overgrown. They're doing a good job on on east west i haven't been out there in a while but those more wooded courses it's just hard to keep contained and thus you have a higher probability of losing a disc i know i've lost my fair share of discs i assume you guys have lost your fair share of discs i want to ask you what is like your threshold how long is long enough to search for that disc brandon why don't you start us off for me it depends is it hot out? Am I standing in the sun? Is it wooded? Are there ticks? Ivy? Most of the time, the answer is, until I get so upset, I walk away. Usually ends up being about five to ten minutes. But I've had a couple recently. I've been, I've lost three discs in the span of a week. Oh Two, my gosh. Um, it was, I was doing form work on a hole at one of the courses I play. And I just, I threw a bunch and I was frustrated at my form and I didn't remember where two of them went and I could not find them. And then the other one was yesterday and it's, it, it's in the woods somewhere and there's ivy, thorns. I'm not even, if somebody finds it good for them, I'll take it back. But... <laughs> I ain't hunting that down. Is that one where once everything dies off in the fall slash winter, you'll do a little scavenger hunt for if it? If I haven't it found it by then, yes. Yeah. It was, it's also a hole that's nice. wide open. And yesterday was pretty hot and humid out here in Des Moines. And I was in the wide open sun. And I had just been in... I'd just been in the heat a good amount that day. So I didn't want to didn't want to stand out there for more than I did. I think I looked for like 10 minutes for that one. John, what about you? I'm a I'm a diehard. I can't stand it's like I have like a winner's mentality. So like losing a disc is like, no, I'm gonna win this battle and I'm gonna find it. And I put probably way too much time into it. Um I Gosh, probably like I, I played a course, I played a course kind of blind and it was this little kind of hysery shot and I cut the corner too much and it just went in these woods and I, I lost, I looked for, I'm like, it's in there somewhere. And like, you know, it was, it was, I eventually found it up top, but I, I played there, it was like hole 11 of the back nine and I walked all the way around and it was hole 18, came back the other way and walked from that side in and found it. And I found some other guys this too, which was, which was awesome. Um, the best story I have is actually losing a disc. Cause I was strung at the wrong, this new course popped up. I live up in uh, Northern Minnesota and Superior, Wisconsin's across the way. And there's, there was a new course and we didn't, there's no UDIS map for it yet. And so we, we saw a basket out in the distance over this like field of like, like reeds. 
And we thought that was the basket. We were so stupid because it's like a 500 foot carry to that basket. And I oh, found that no. out because we, I had, I had just bought, um, well, the, the Paul Macbeth Hades like prototype. And I'm like, I was like loving the feel of it. I'm like, I don't want to lose this disc. And I was like, we gave up searching for my brother-in-law and I, we lost our disc. I went, I went later that night and I, I knew how much, I knew how far we threw. And so I actually used Google map like tool and charted out where it should be. And then took the road from the side of the road and figured out where we should walk straight in to try to find it. And actually worked. And we found him the next day, like right in line. Like we throw, we were throwing like, you know, between 250, 300. And so I, I Google mapped it. And then I was like, this was like a 500 foot carry to the actual, the actual basket over there. Like how stupid were we? So I'm pretty like, I'm pretty hardcore. I will, I'll spend a lot of time. Although I chucked one up in a, I chucked one up in a pine tree on that same course where I, I lost one. And I was like, I ain't there. I threw some rocks at it and eventually just like did that one's that one's lost cause. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit and chuck rocks at something in the tree for that long. So, but I, I'll take probably like, I'd say 30 minutes. I think I responded to the post on Instagram. I'll, I'll take like 30 minutes. And if, if I haven't found it, I'll probably leave and I might like come back the next day. I also have pretty good faith that we have a pretty good community up here where usually discs get returned. Um, but that's kind of a rarity, I know. So I'd like to hear everyone else's thoughts too. Yeah, that is an insane story. I'm so glad that you found that because yeah, that that's actually legendary. Coming back the next day and just mapping yeah. it out yourself and actually stumbling upon it—that's absolutely killer. Um, and and just to interject before before I have you go, Brian, when you were talking about chucking rocks in the Hades, it reminded me of Horatio, my brother-in-law. He bought like the prototype it's this bright yellow hades when they first came out it was sweet and we're playing a course in derby kansas and he probably has this thing at least 30 feet up in the air stuck in a tree and we can see it is the problem my big thing is if i can see it i am frustrated to walk away regardless of if it's in the water if it's uh in a tree like wherever it is i am mad and so probably for the next 30 to 35 minutes i was taking the biggest rocks i could find in like full body chucking them up into the air like both arms sumo squatting all the way down and I was so tired by the end of it. I was like, okay, guys, I've got like three throws left in me. And on the last one, I got it to come down. And I was like, I'm so happy that we – it wasn't even my disc. I was just so happy that we got it. And then he lost it in a tree two weeks later. And I said, God, why did we spend all this time just to lose it again? But that is all good. It's all good. Brian, go ahead. What, what do you got for us? I'm right there with John. It's, it's a battle of its own. To, to not like you know don't don't throw it in the woods you won't lose a disc right i mean that's the logic um but yeah um i'm very big about trying to find my disc i'm really big about everybody on my card finding their disc like it makes me mad when somebody has to take a uh a stroke because they can't find their disc because i'm like i know it's over this way and yeah there's been times where we'll walk like 20 feet later and we'll be like hey we found it. it's right here <laughs> so but yeah um I, I will be out there. I don't care what the temperatures are. I've gone back out the next day and literally stood there on the tee box and just stared down the fairway, trying to gauge where I thought I saw it enter the woods. Even though I walked that whole wood line originally inside and out and didn't find it the first day. So, yeah, 
it's a it's a never-ending battle to find disc and not find disc um I've gotten better. I don't lose them as much. Um, <laughs> however, I did shout out uh, to, they never told me their name, but uh, over in St. Louis or towards St. Louis and Warrington, um, I hit second available and it kicked off into the ditch and I knew where it was, but I am definitely afraid of snakes. And it, to me, that was snake country right there. And I'm not going to go get it. I was going to do that, come back in the fall and find it unless somebody found it beforehand. And somebody texted me like a week and a half later and was, or a month and a half later and was like, Hey, we found your disc. I'm like, cool. And they dropped it off at smoking aces disc off store there in Wentzville. And I picked it up and everything, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I won't give up unless I have to. Yeah. That's a scary thing right now, man. There's some damn snakes everywhere. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's very hit and miss. I don't know if I see one, but I feel like when I see one, I just I see more and more and more. And there's this one course on the Air Force Base here, and the the water carry is from like two forty to four hundred is the water carry. So you have to lay up to about two twenty five, and then throw it over again. The hole's about four twenty, or you have to throw it about. 420 through a pretty tight ceiling and um the i've only played that course twice because horatio is in the in the air force so he's able to play whenever but i've only gone and played it twice with him and both times sure enough here there's like this little tiny rinkety dink concrete like damn flow system that we just walk across instead of walking the like half mile all the way around the pond and sure enough there's always like one or two snakes chilling there and I'm like, I am not going in that water. I'm not going in this brush line. If it's in there, it's in there. Someone's finding it eventually, and that someone's not going to be me. It is a lost cause. So I have a quick, funny, crazy story. So a couple years ago, my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary down in Florida, and we went to Port St. Joe and played this little park, this golf course there. And I'm still in my beloved Paige Pierce soul. And it decided to Anheuser out on me instead of Heiser. And it splashed into the pond. Well, all around this pond was nothing but signs saying, beware of alligators, beware of alligators. And the next hole, I thought I'd throw a second shot to see what I'd have done. And it held the line and went over into the creek part off, off that pond. And I was like, great. I've got two discs in the alligator pond and creek, so I'm not going to go. Well, two weeks later, I got a text message. This guy was wandering the creek looking for his disc and found my disc. And I go, wait, you were in that Creek. And he goes, yeah, why? And I go, um, did you not see any of the signs walking towards that Creek? And he goes, what signs? I'm like, dude, there's alligator signs all around there. Well, fast forward to this, uh, to last month, we went down for our anniversary again. We're playing disc golf. And I go, I bet these signs are up just to attract tourists to this park. Cause we've now been here twice. and We have not seen an alligator once get over to the eighth hole and we hear something move behind us. We whip around and it was a turtle diving into the water. And my, my teenager uh, goes, hang on. Speaking of teenager, <laughs> almost hit me with the door. Um, my teenager goes, Hey, uh, that's an alligator right there. And sure enough, 15 feet off the shoreline, it's an alligator hanging out on the shore. And we're like, awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so always be careful when you're wandering and, and trust the signs that say be careful. 
I have a short little snake story real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Probably about a year or so ago, I was playing Walnut Ridge, a wooded course in my area. Uh, hole 17, you've got about a 300-foot straight shot, and then it goes 90, degree, 90 degrees to the right. And it is open to start, and then after the 90 degrees, it's wooded, tightly wood. I threw a forehand, landed just a little short, so I was on the edge of the woods. I'm leaning out, throwing a patent pending shot. And I look down at where my foot is just to make sure it looks good. And I see something wriggling. I'm like, huh, it's a snake. So I was just, I was hanging out with some friends playing that course. And I turn and look at them. I go, there's a snake here. Look at that. Huh. Throw my shot like nothing happened. And then we all looked at the snake afterwards. <laughs> It was just chilling by my foot. I'm like, eh, if I don't if I don't piss it off, I don't piss it off. I want to talk about the proper etiquette for finding a disc. So, John, I know you had said you, when you came back, um, when you went to like go play hole 18 and then came back and found that, that one disc in the woods, you found another guy's disc in the woods. What were your next step? And what would you expect or hope someone to do in return to you when finding your disc? Yeah, yeah, it's it's hopeful. Everyone, you know, everyone labels their discs if they can, unless I forget if I buy a new new plastic. Um, you know, I've had a, I've, you know, like I said, like I live up here in Minnesota, northern, northern Wisconsin. We've people usually return discs and are usually awesome. Actually, most people don't want them back half the time. Like this, so this guy, I messaged him, and it just it just so happened that he was he was throwing it was a lutes, and I'm like, why well, no lutes? Like I threw I throw casta and. And I'm like, you want to, here's, I found it. And he's like, he's like, I don't even, you know, cause people just wander through and travel around the country and throw courses. He's like, I don't want it back. You can have it. I feel like it's the good disco karma thing. Um, you know, I, I certainly would, that's, it's so easy now just to reach out to someone and be like, Hey, I found your disc. Um, you know, do you want me to leave it somewhere? Do you want me to, you know, I've had that, I've had that, I've been burned in that way though. I found someone did that for me and then I went to find it underneath the tree and it was gone. So, but you know, there's, there's, there's been a couple times where I have truly lost a disc and I was like, nobody's finding that. And I get a call like a week later or a couple guys, they've, they were like, I lost that disc. Like I wasn't up. I was, that's like, it's been a year ago since I've been up there, but I'm sure someone else found it. Um, it's given me a good, give me a few good project dying discs. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want this disc really. Like I'm not throwing a ballista pro. So I just, I use it as my like practice dying discs. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, it's, you know, like I said, I, we're, we also have our, our disc golf community up here. There's, there's been huge debate about like, come on guys, we don't need to fill our, fill our Facebook page full of like, Hey, I found such and such disc, this color, name them old in this place. And it's like, all right, let's like, we don't need our whole page full of just random posts of people trying to guess whose disc it is, but we're pretty good about like trying to get, get disc back to people. And I think it's, I think it's a cool thing. I've only been, I've only really been burned once where someone, they, they found it and I was like, sure, I'll pay for shipping back. And they just ghosted me. <laughs> I was like, whatever, I guess. Like, I have enough plastic. It's not like I, I really need it. But it kind of, it's kind of a bummer for like knowing that there's people out there that are that way. But it is what it is. It, someone else needs it more than I do, I guess. So it's fine. My buddy and I were just talking about that this week, this past weekend when we were driving to Kansas City and stuff. The, the There's a course up in Columbia that uh, there's a pond. So 
16 goes over the pond and 17 skirts along the pond coming back. And uh, it's starting to get the name played against sports pond because there's a guy that will literally go in and wade the whole pond and take, and you'll watch him walk away with like 15 or 20 discs every time. And then people will go into plating and sports to look at their used rack and be like, hey, that's the disc I lost in the pond. Hey, there's another one I lost in the pond. So, you know, it's not, it's been a huge debate. Uh, there's a, we have a couple big group chats around here and, you know, guys will post in the group chats where somebody will find their disc and be like, hey, you want it back? I'll give you, t- give me 10 bucks and I'll, I'll give it back to you and stuff. And it's like, why don't you just give back the disc? Like, it's not yours. And it had the name on it and then this whole stupid maritime law rule that people start are starting to claim where it's like well if i found it in the water maritime law says i can have it so so yeah it's dumb there more times than not if somebody finds my disc and i'm not within a two-hour drive i tell them to keep it because it's like yeah i look at that the the golf karma karma there i'm like i'm getting the name out because i throw Shout out to my, my sponsor, Full Turn. I throw mainly Full Turn. So, you know, if I'm not close by and somebody finds one of my Full Turn discs, I'm like, dude, keep it. Um, it's a Full Turn. This is what it does. Enjoy. If you don't like it, pass it off to somebody else that might like it. You know, whatever. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I think that's really good. And that kind of brings up the question of should you be paying to get discs back? Like, should that be an expectation? Or if you find discs, would you expect money back? Brandon, if you found someone's disc, would you expect them to pay you in return? I wouldn't expect it. Uh, If somebody offered to pay for, like, pay for it, honestly, if if it's a couple bucks, I'll take it just because they want to... I'm not going to tell them no, because then they might feel bad. But if it's anything like above $5, I'm like, no, keep your money. Most of the time, if I find somebody's discs, it's because I threw a bad shot and just happened to find theirs while I was looking for mine. <laughs> That's That happened to me yesterday. Uh, one of the discs, I, the disc that I lost in the thorn brush, just absolutely just disappeared. Dark blue bayonet into a wood line. I'm looking for it. Threw it too low and it overturned into the woods. Looking for it. I find a Z crank. Z flex crank. Guy was on hole 17. Left the course before. And then remembered after he'd already left the course. That I had found it for him. And he's like, yeah, just keep it. 
Wow, that is dedication to not wanting your disc back. <laughs> to have left yeah. the course a couple minutes and be like, you know what? It is not worth turning the five minutes around. I texted that him. is dedication. <laughs> I had called him when he was on hole 17, texted him. I was, I'm like, hey, I'm waiting at hole 10's tee pad because I'm going to throw this hole again so you can just come over after you're done with 18 because the parking lot is right next to hole 10 and hole 18. And so he goes, oh, I forgot. We just left the course. You can keep it. <laughs> but like, if I lost a disc, disc and it, I have not. It was yesterday. I've been at oh, work okay. all day. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but there's been a couple times where like I've gotten a couple texts from like out of state. I'm like, I don't even know how that got there. Just keep it. But if it's a disc I really want, then I'm like, let me pay shipping. Like, let me pay for you to send it back to me, please. Because if I lost, if I lost this gem, I would be so upset. Why would you throw I that? I feel like that's pretty fair. <laughs> I have a picture of it new. I have a picture of all the pros that signed it. Yeah, you should not be throwing that. Uh, my, I can my get all, it signed. I can get more signed. Sign is right up there on that wall. And it hangs on that wall. <laughs> this is just this is just Lone Star players plus Jay Yeti Redding. I need the I need the good Lone Star juju on this bayonet. Was that at a uh, Des Moines Open? Des Moines Challenge, yeah. This is this is actually like my workhorse too. So if I'm reaching for a bayonet, it's most likely this one. <laughs> I did just get go. this though, a Crockett. So we're gonna see how this flies. I picked up an awesome hex. I wouldn't know what. Who sent me that or anything? But I got an awesome Lozado hex in the mail. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that was me. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I think it's pretty sweet. It flies nice. I was out whipping it in the yard. I'm today. still figuring out some package details. So. Yeah, Brandon got absolutely <laughs> shafted on this shipping situation. John, I don't know if you've gotten yours yet or not. I I got mine today. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Okay, By the yeah, way, yeah, my wife stole. Absolutely wrecked. She stole my chain clankers T-shirt as soon as I pulled it out. She's like, "Why does it say eight three twenty? And I was like, "That's when chain clankers were founded." She goes, "That's my birth date." And I was like, "Well, look, it's wow. really, it's really pretty." And she goes, "Give me that." Like she took because it's a rainbow uh, pattern uh-huh, yeah, uh, chain clankers. Yeah. And she's like, "I'm taking it." Yeah, her birthday's eight three, so so she ganked uh, she ganked it from me. That's but she awesome. taught me how to throw That's better, so you know. Fair. I guess it's that fair trade, right? She gets a fair cool trade, shirt, yeah. and I'm now going to be uh, throwing better. I was telling my boss about uh, like how I had to ship all your guys' packages out on Friday, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, like I got some discs in there, a couple hats, shirt." Like, and he was like, "Oh, where's my shirt?" And I said, "What do you mean, where's your shirt? You didn't buy one." He said. Yeah, but you clown me on TikTok all the time. I said, damn, you know what? You're right. Maybe I should get you a shirt. You probably deserve that. Shout and, out uh, to Q's, shirt will... Q's boss, right? <laughs> yeah, his shirt will be on his desk tomorrow morning because, yeah, he probably does deserve that. I don't know if any of you guys are on the old TikToks, but, man, those comments are out of pocket. I mean, those people are not nice. They will absolutely try to hurt your feelings, and Instagram is just a safer place to, to be. Yeah, I, was, I just I just got done listening to the Bear Bite podcast today, where he was talking about that because I don't, I I don't go on TikTok at all. I don't have it. Kids at school use it, 
And I was like, really? I'm like, I mean, I think Instagram and I mean, I, my brother-in-law does a YouTube channel. I know he, I mean, they, they do a like living North one where people make fun of how you start a fire in a fireplace. Like the comments are ridiculous. It's like, but I was like, I don't want anything to do with TikTok now. Like, no way. Like, I, I don't think I could handle that. I mean, I just, I'd be like, wait, I would take things way too personally. Yeah. One of my strategies is to just comment back something just as out of pocket, just to, I don't know, get something in return out of it. Like someone said, I think I uploaded a video of someone, one of my buddies, uh, we were focusing on like head position. Like you shouldn't be looking like when you're driving, you obviously, you want your head tucked and down. You don't want to be head looking at the target. And so I was highlighting that and the guy comments, his form sucks. We need to work on more than head placement to get better. I said, okay, well, this video is about the form. It's about the, the head in the form. Like we've got other videos and other things like, you don't have to put my man in a body bag, sip him up and throw him in the river. Like, come on guy. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, the one, two on, on Brandon. I, and like I said, I'm going to look at the receipt when I get back, when we're done and I go look at my truck, but I think the person somehow didn't put his address on there and just put Des Moines, Iowa. And so FedEx says it's delivered. It's somewhere in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> Don't know where we're gonna find it. Not in my apartment. That's not where. his apartment, but it will be found. Someone, someone probably, some rando probably opened that up and said, "I don't know what this is, but I thanks. It's mine now." Um, if that is the case, I'll send you something else. But uh, I'm hopeful we can find it. Hopefully. Okay, that was enough tangent on that. Let's get to the last segment of today's episode, and this is talking about. Um, disc golf courses. I know we've kind of talked a little bit about that so far. And so I want to give shout out to this. This came from the disc golf discussion, disc golf discussion, Facebook page. Um, Corey Simok posted this. Hopefully I didn't butcher that last name. So he says, maybe a hot take would love to see some discussion about it. People rate courses far too high on UDisc and are making it impossible to tell the difference between quality courses there are multiple courses in my area that are above a four rating and lack many features. I would consider required to even consider a course a four or higher. I am tired of playing courses rated 4.1 that I cannot find the baskets slash tee pads or maps for as well as no amenities either. Too long didn't read. If your course is missing, which is funny because the too long didn't read has more lines than the paragraph. Anyways, it's he says... TLDR, if your course is missing any of these features, please don't rate it a 5. T-pads, T-signs, proper signage, maps slash hole markers, bathrooms, mulch slash grass areas, erosion control, practice basket slash area, parking for more than 10 cars. So I want to ask you guys, first off, how often do you are you rating courses? And is it something where it's like, okay, well, I know I play this course every single day, but I'm going to rate it again because I haven't rated it in a while. And then what are your thoughts on that hot take? So um, one thing I, I've noticed uh, is they've Im they're improving the rating of course feature. Uh, I went and pulled up my local Holt Summit course here and clicked on rating. And it now gives you 
uh, from a zero to a five option. So like upkeep looks like zero would be abandoned. Five would be well-maintained shop variety and design T areas, signage, wayfinding amenities, and then scenery and views even. Is it unattractive or is it beautiful? You know, um, and then when you click next, it'll actually take you to the old piece of the rating where you set your stars as well. So, you know, I, I personally, I use the rating to, you know, everybody has their own opinion, you know, just because you don't like McDonald's doesn't mean the next guy isn't going to like McDonald's type thing, you know, just because you don't like that, that course, somebody else's opinion of that course could be amazing because they could be coming from a course that that course puts their course to shame. You know, so you, you have to take still people's ratings. You know, we all use Amazon and we all re read reviews on Amazon. And it's somebody who just had a bad experience because something got broken in the mail and that got held against the whole product type thing. So I, I think ratings like still someone got be... mad. Sorry, not to interrupt, but I'm interrupting. It's like someone got mad because their package didn't arrive because it doesn't have an address on it. OK, I'm sorry, Brady. <laughs> Brian, keep going. So I, I think it's still every time I'm on. <laughs> hey, you got me last time though, Brandon. I I, I told everybody after I, I the last one on the burn, you got me. People actually listened because of the burn. Um, they wanted to hear me get burned. Actually, um, so. oh, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I actually look more at the pictures of the course. Like when people post pictures, that's more enticing to play that course or not play that course, or I'll go read actual comments about the course. Like we were looking at course over there in Kansas city last, uh, this past weekend. Cause it was literally five minutes away from the hotel for the convention. We're like, man, we'll go play that on our way out of town and, and then hit the highway. But three straight comments in the past month were, uh, the, uh, woods were nothing but infested with poison Ivy. My buddy and I are like, we're not allergic to poison Ivy, but do we really want to drive two and a half hours knowing we've walked through poison ivy like so you know it's still you got to take things with a grain of salt and still give things a chance and and if you play that course and you don't agree go rate that course differently you know ratings are still going to impact and people are still going to see your comments and feedback on the course um the president of the jeff city disc golf club holler chris neff there is very big about um so we do sanctioned Wednesday night leagues and we, we would just do it through the PDGA app. Well, that doesn't give that visual on UDIS. So if we want to show the city of Holt summit or the city of Jeff city, um, uh, the, the amount of traffic we're getting, we're losing 30 plus people every Wednesday night getting that traffic. So now we put, we do our league on UDIS and then he goes in and puts the scores on, on the PDGA site after the round. So then we're getting 30 plus people traffic every Wednesday night through those, those courses that we play during, uh, during league. So, you know, it's, it's just all about perspective. I feel like that's a, the perspective is a tough one. Cause like, it's tough to, that's the hardest part for me reading. I, I, I just, I just, I think so. I checked at you just too. And Brian mentioned like, Oh, the new like rating system. Like it's cool to like have that. Um, you know, cause it is like, hard. like, how do you rate a course? And I, I always have kind of taken in consideration, like, is this really meant to be a, per like, I'm rating it based on what it is. Like, this is a, like, there's kind of like three types of courses for me. There's your, 
like casual city park courses. I don't expect them to be like the greatest, but they're still like, and I, I'm not going to rate them a five, but I might give it a four if it's a really nice like city course. You know, I don't expect like bath, like really good bathrooms, like a porta potty or something, but I might rate it a good high rating. Cause like, it's a really awesome, like little city course. It's really well-maintained, you know, versus like you have your kind of like local courses that are, are a little tra- more challenging. Then you have, of course, like your really high level, like, pro courses that like you usually pay for pay play um you know it's like so i kind of take that in consideration sometimes when i rate courses but i still i'm not probably giving a park course ever like a five just to give it a five like i feel like i try to be kind of fair with ratings i do feel like a lot of people are kind of like like sometimes overcritical because it's like oh i'm playing this course but uh it doesn't you know it's not quite mode exactly perfectly right now so but you know it's like well then you need to do you need to rate it like a two, you know, it's like, you know, people go in there and like change the course conditions to like, like poor. It's like, well, there's grass that grows. Like we don't have, it's a, like, it's not going to get mowed every single day. Um, you know, it's not that, I, then I go out there and I'm like, it's in poor condition. Like what, what means in poor condition? And I go out there. It's like, oh, the grass is all long. Well, that's not like the end of the world, but I do like that. They're trying. I mean, I actually funny, like, uh, he's, uh, it's my, my brother-in-law's cousin, went to school with the guys that formed UDISC and he talked to him about how like they started the whole, he's like, he's giving us some insights in their company and they're great people. And I think they're always trying to improve and kind of taking a lot of feedback and saying, Hey, how can we promote disc golf, but promote it in a good way to make sure that people are, cause we, you know, I guess when I first started playing disc golf, it was like, how do you even find courses? I don't remember how you found courses when I first started playing disc golf. I mean, not Brian and I are like the same age, <laughs> like, like, I don't, even, I don't remember how I found courses. Like, did, I think there was like a paper directory of like you finding courses and you just, you wouldn't even know what they were until you showed up there. Like now it's awesome though. You can get, I say relatively, most of the courses I think are fairly well rated in terms of like, if I go there and it's got a decent rating, it's usually pretty accurate. But I also feel like there's a lot of people that just like favoritism courses and be like, I'm going to rate my course high because it's just my favorite course ever. It's like, well, is that actually like, compared compare comparative the perspective i love the word perspective like i've never played a course in um you know the kansas kansas so i don't know what a course there looks like versus up here you know i think like the expectations have increased with people like we want more amenities but i also think like you know there are the basic things that we need and i like i like i love how you just has done that now like that new rating system i I looked over like hey these are some tips like these are the things you should have you know to 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 meet basic ratings i think it's kind of cool yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I mean, my buddy and I, we would get done with our round this weekend and while he's loading up his stuff in the car and I'm, I sit on the, the back bumper of the car and I'm like, all right, let's rate this. And I'd literally read through each one of those five things. And we would be like amenities, dude, there's not even a porta potty. There's not even a tree close by if you needed to type thing. It's a zero. It's a one, you know? So, and then I'd be like, all right, let's give it its true star rating now. Okay. Well, what we just, decided on this is a three and a half or this is a four or you know it, yeah you can't rate it just because it's your favorite course because if you if you rated it as a five and then you walked if somebody brand new walked up to that course they'd be like this is a five well it's my favorite course okay have you have you been outside of your course <laughs> like but yeah you can't hold it to the same standards because yeah you know we've got harmony bends right up the street that is a pro level course you can't hold some other course to that standard you know we've got we have a maintenance group here um 
of made up just disc golfers that go out on Saturday mornings and work on all the different courses around Jeff city area. And, you know, you get, you get what you can get, you know, not every course or area has those, that type of commitment and stuff. I mean, I've been out there Sunday mornings in the snow, cutting trees down and, and everything. And it's like, man, I don't think other areas have what, what this, what we have here sometimes. So. Sorry, Brandon. I wish they had, thunder. Yeah, Brandon talk. Brandon talk. Give us your thoughts, Brandon. No, it's all right. You, I I don't rate courses usually, so. You, but I'll add a little bit of input here. In the Des Moines area, we have so many different courses, different varieties of courses. Um, and if I were to rate them, I would be like, okay, what type of course is this meant to be? Is this purely? park style is this more of an open park style is this more wooded park style is this purely wooded is this purely open and for the des moines metro area i feel like one of the biggest like standards is pickard park the pickard gold layout because des moines challenge was recently there you saw there in des moines the des moines metro area they're constantly working and improving courses. They made great changes to Pickard. Tough changes on a whole 10. Great change. I don't like it just because I I can't throw that shot for some reason. Great change though. Um, but Walnut Ridge, tightly wooded hole, um, hole nine, most people wouldn't play the long, which plays as a par five because it was so tight and the rough, if you're even a foot off, was absolute jail. You'd be in thorns, ivy, vine bushes where you couldn't even get it out to the fairway. I went back there this year, and especially because now I live closer to it. That's my closest course is Walnut Ridge. And that hole, way more open. You can walk 30 feet in and not even brush against a tree but there's still enough trees to make you have to throw that shot. When I was talking earlier about the snake on hole 17, they've cleared that corner up a little bit. So it's a little bit easier to make that corner just because it was such a tight bend. And then they're constantly in the 515 disc golf page on Facebook. They're constantly saying like, hey, we're going to go do a, a cleanup night. Because we want our courses to look as best as they can. And so I don't rate them just because I'm like, I love all these courses. I'm probably going to give them too high of a rating for some people. But it's like I talk with people about like what their favorite course is and like why they like it. And I hear so many mixed reviews because I'll hear similar things from beginners. I'll hear a couple different courses. And then the amateurs and pros, I hear a lot different answers than what the beginners would say. Because as I mentioned earlier, there's different styles, of course. Yeah. I played you know, like, I played I this just... Titan Open up there in, uh, in Iowa. And let me say, two of the three courses that uh, MA3 played last year, I didn't give higher than a two for either one of those courses. The yeah. one... The baskets were gr like green in the woods. You could not see the baskets until you got within 50 feet of them at points. 
And then the other one, I wouldn't be no... able to give any word on those. I haven't played those courses. Uh, so. And then the those other, other one, hours the, the course me. was, they had a wild, like wild parsley or something that when those, those uh, oh, leaves hit yeah. your legs, it feels like razor blades against your skin and help, you know, helping people yeah. on your card, not you particularly, but helping others on your card find their disc in that stuff. And you're just like, you come out of there with tears in your eyes because the sweat just pouring into those cuts mm-hmm. would just hurt. So, yeah. Now the farm was a good course. It's wide open, clean, but yeah, the other two yeah. were not a level courses. So. I think the one last thing is like, they've, they should have like a as you just doesn't have a filter. They should really they have the course ambassador program. It'd be nice if they had like each course ambassador actually really sit down and think like, is this a big what kind of course is this beginner? Like you were saying, Brandon, is this a beginner course? Is this an intermediate? Is this almost like follow the follow the rating system like maybe close to PDGA, like because mm-hmm. that would help too. Like filtering courses to say like, hey, this is the kind of course it is. Because even those things, the descriptions have some of that. But it'd be nice to have some of that. I think the course conditions thing is nice because, like, like Brian, like, yeah, people should be saying, like, hey, there's a ton of wild parsnip out here. This is, you know, those things. So it's a, it's an interesting topic for sure. Or just my buddy and I were talking about one of the courses we played said it's not cart friendly, but yet 98% of that course you could push or pull a cart around with no problem. So it's like, you know, it there needs to be better descriptions available to yeah. outline what something i mean every course is cart friendly if you want to pick up your cart and carry it if you can't get it around some spot you know so some some, some guy asked me that and i was like they, they pulled up this course i was at i'm like is this cart friendly i'm like i've never used a cart i don't know what's cart friendly <laughs> I, I don't know what's cart friendly so i'm gonna try to not repeat what a lot of you guys said because i think you guys hit some absolute gold and I want to add on to it. So the first thing, I was looking at my phone because I wanted to see the comment section because I hadn't seen that in a while. That is something that I think needs to be used more. And then also I'm just looking at the ratings of the courses within 10 miles of me. And I see 3.9, 3.8, 3.9. And I'm going to stop right there. This 3.9 compared to the first 3.9, that the first 3.9 is garbage. It's absolutely horrible. Um, I completely disagree with that second 3.9. Or maybe I disagree with the first 3.9 and it should be way lower. I don't know. Uh, 4, 3.7, 3. 3.8, 4.4, 4.1, 4.2, 4.1, 4.5, 4, 3.5, 3.4. And then you get a different color once you get to 3.4. Uh, 4.2, 4.0. I literally would never not go to this course. This course is not safe to go to. 3.7, 4.4. And I'm like, okay, so pretty much all of these courses have the exact same rating. And I, just looking at that, know that some of those ratings are absolute cap. And so I love what you guys had said about the, well, maybe the ambassador should put like beginner, intermediate, pro but also something that i think isn't a bad idea is what if and i understand this is not a possibility for every course but for the courses that have a tournament a pdga sanctioned tournament they should have access to the rating of that event and then they should tell you if you shoot par that is this rating and then you can tell how difficult that course is. So let's say that 4.4, let's say par is a 969 
rated round. Okay, well now I know that I need to be I also can go into the round with expectations of okay, I'm a 930 rated disc golfer. I'm probably going to shoot one or two up. Okay, I'm a 1000 rated disc golfer. I should probably shoot about 4 5 6 down whatever it is. Like you can have expectations and then it makes the ratings matter more and it can almost standardize the courses a little bit better and it just gives more data points as to what courses are good what courses are bad of course the argument against that is well not every course is going to have a tournament there and that's okay that's why we still have the other ratings um i just think there's enough courses that have tournaments that that is a feature that i think would take some effort to put in but that would be an awesome feature and like you guys also had mentioned perspective 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 you literally just heard it from me I said, that course is trash. How is it a 3.9 compared to this course that's a 3.9? Maybe I have reasons that I think the first one is terrible. I think it's bad because it's a nine-holer where it's played around a pond in which eight of those holes, you have a 65-plus percent chance of losing your disc. That is not very fun to me. Whereas the other one is super fun because there's a park at hole nine and a park at hole 16 through 18. So when the kids come with, they've got something to do and they can go the whole round and there's not a whole lot of people out there all the time. And so you're not dealing with traffic. And so there's different things that matter to different people. So like Brian had mentioned, I do love the update that they did. I think that's going to help a lot. And I think it's going to make people think more about the course and how it can be improved. And I also think it brings up the question of like the pay to play courses. There's one around here that is $25 around. Can someone remind me how much is Eagles crossing $5, $10 max? What is it, Brian? Oh, well, my argument just got shot out of a cannon. <laughs> um, anyways, let me try to save this one. Um, where I was going with that was it's so far inferior to Eagles Crossing that it $25 isn't worth it. But also, in general, $25 is not worth that course. It's a cool course. If it was $5, $10, maybe I would consider it. But you look at the ratings and... You look at the pictures. The pictures are absolutely huge. You can comment things. You can say things. But when people actually take pictures and add it, that to me, like if I – anytime I go somewhere new, I haven't played those courses, I'm looking at those pictures. So I'm trying to find pictures because then you can see how far the holes are. You can see, okay, par 3, 330, par 4, 430. Like you can see that, but you can't actually get an idea for what it's going to look like without those pictures in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe maybe people disagree. Um but where I'm going with this is that pay-to-play courses have to be on another level. If you're going to charge someone money to come to your course, you have to be on another level. 4.5 should be the expectation. If, if I have to pay and it's not a 4.5, then I, I might go the one time. I don't know if I'm going to go back. Now, I say all this. There's a new course opening up. Uh, it's called Santa Fe Lake. It's going to be... I don't know, 10, 15 minutes outside of town, but it's on a Kansas State park, so it's $10 a car to get in. I'll probably end up buying the season pass. That way, it's like 25 bucks for the year, and you can play it unlimited because this course looks absolutely killer. It looks, They've put so much effort into it. It's got a ton of different shot shapes. I took a day off of work so that I could go play this course on opening day 
with Horatio Trenton and another one of our buddies. Like we are pumped for this course. I expect that course to have a high rating because people are putting effort into it. They're maintaining it. And something that you had mentioned, Brandon, was hole 10. They changed hole 10. They, they, you know, changed the shot shape. They've cut back some of the brush, whatever it is. How often are the courses you guys play that they're changing holes, new tee pad, the pin placement has moved mulch, whatever it is. Like how often does that happen to you guys? Jeff city disc golf club is getting really good. We've got Miller park that has, um, uh, the rec kind of placement and it has an open placement on each hole. So there's two baskets on every every one of our holes at that course. Uh, the dam course at Binder Lake has it, almost every, I want to say almost every uh, uh, hole has at least two placements. And then here, the Holt Summit course has at least close to two placements on every hole. There's a there's at least one, if not two, that um, but we just put, uh, we, the Jeff City Disc Golf Club, I, I didn't get to help that much with the whole 10, but some of the guys did, and they put a lot of work into it, and they just put a uh, open placement de- deeper in on hole 10, and it's awesome. We played it last week for the first time at, uh, at league. So, I mean, you know, you've got those courses, and uh, Miller even, they, they put in eight, I think we're going to have eight open tee pads even for, for some of the holes. So on top of an open basket as well, distance wise. So, you know, you got to put the, you got to put the time and effort in if you want your course to grow. And yeah. And and and, and that's something I want to be very clear on. I want to be extremely clear. I'm not trying to trash anybody. I'm not trying to, you know, the people who put their work in, who help clean up the course, help add all those things. Godspeed to you. You're a great person. Thank you so much for what you do. That is part of the infrastructure of disc golf, though, that it takes people like that in order to have those changes. And thus, those changes, to me, garners a higher rating. A lot of courses I've played have not had a single change. Oak Park <clears throat> is amazing. I lo- it's the best course in town. It had, The tee pads haven't moved. The pins will move from time to time. They'll move to different places. That's okay. But it's not like, ah, well... I just shot myself in the foot again. They did recently at make a brand new pin position on one hole, probably within the last three months. So good on them. Great job. But generally speaking, there hasn't been a lot of that. I'm not expecting something like that every single year. I'm just saying that's an addition that takes a course from like, you know, 3.5, like it's good to that 4.5 rating. It's a 4.4. So to me, it's completely warranted. I have a couple things. Q, I found a found your argument. Maple Hill after nine thirty is ten dollars a person. Nine thirty at night? No, nine thirty AM. Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. For you Maple Hill, ten dollars for person for the rest of the day. Yeah, dude. It whack. Twenty five dollars for this it, it's a it's it's fun, I guess. But $25 really sucks a lot of the fun out of it to me. Not going to lie. I think it kind of goes back, Q, to what we were talking about last time about do you get a PDGA rating or a PDGA number or not. Disc golf is free. Once you buy a disc in a bag and you don't have to buy a bag, you know, grab a drawstring bag from from the gym, you know, whatever you don't, if you're going to buy a bag, buy an upper park bag and use promo code clankers 10. <laughs> drop and that, then buy some drop that. 
and Lone Star from OTB Disc using promo code Clankers for or, free shipping. Or a uh, full turn disc from here in uh, Missouri <laughs> using uh, BP, or which one is that one? No, it's uh, Pittman uh, 10, I think it is. It's on my Instagram, BP Disc Golf and Dad, right there under my name, by my name. Um, but, you know, you don't have to pay to play once you buy the stuff and you don't even have to pay my, I had a, one of my best friends, in my fraternity came to visit, um, at the end of June, early July and never played disc golf before. I built him a five pack starter, this set. One of my other best friends in the fraternity came a couple days after that. And I, he already had disc and I threw him a couple more discs to help him get really going on trying different things. You know, talk to people that play disc golf. If you want to play, I'm sure somebody will throw you three discs to start playing disc golf with, you know, um, there's no reason to pay to play. I hate to say that yeah. not a knock on people that, that have courses like that. Um, but it, there's too many free courses out there to be dumping 25 bucks. If you don't want to dump 25 bucks, um, and just yeah. Google and those disc golf do, courses around me. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. Um, we've got, you know, Eagles Crossing. I I haven't played it, but everybody that, that has raves about, about it, it's, just, it's almost 50 bucks. Um, University of Missouri has a disc golf course on their uh, fall golf course. You know, I've played tournaments there, so I've already paid to play there. But, um, you know, it, to each their own. Um, but there's free courses if you want to learn to play or just play for fun. Go play. You don't have to play on a course. Just go throw a disc in a field, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. So, sorry. Dad on a soapbox. I'll get down now. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, John, Brandon, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Pickard Park in Des Moines is, in Indianola is free. So, if that says anything. And you can play the gold layout at any time. They have a basket for the gold and the Reds, I think, is the other layout. Yeah, I know. I think it's a lot of good points hit. I mean, it's 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 that whole topic of like, yeah, what's what's the best course to? I think it's to get a find a course that's going to give you a good experience, which is, which is why I think you just should include some of that stuff. Is it'd be nice to you want people to go out and have a good time because some of the pay to pay courses are also harder. Some aren't, but you want to you want to have a good experience. But there's a lot of good courses. I keep watching Pickard Park and going like, I need to get down to Des Moines, and play that course. Um, cause looks, looks hit me up. I'll show you the course. Yeah. Hey, come on down to Mid Missouri. We have Harmony Benz Silver Series plays here every year, and uh, it's a free pro course to play at, and it's amazing. And the right the city of Columbia's Parks and Rec. Shout out to Matt and his boys up there. They're doing an amazing job getting that course pulled together more and more. Um, so, yeah, come on down and check out Harmony Benz as well. So, Awesome. Well, hey, I think this was a fantastic episode. I know we hit a lot of points. Hopefully we spark some discussion, spark some debate. I want to hear those out-of-pocket comments on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you can reach me or the gang at. If you want to join the Patreon just to, I don't know, cuss me out over the writing material the board i don't know you can do that do whatever you want um over there and uh yeah i mean really honestly thank you guys for joining me uh it's always a blast doing this i hope you guys had a lot of fun i know i definitely did before we get out of here if you want to i know some people are kind of weird and don't want to share their social medias but if you guys want to uh where can people continue to connect with you guys i'm easy to find uh bp disc golf and dad on instagram 
And from there, on my bio has a uh, link tree that you can find all my amazing sponsors, Banging Chains, Full Turn, Dis Dots, and T-Box Socks, and my codes to save you a couple bucks and, and show your love and support for myself and my amazing sponsors. Plus, you can find my YouTube and Facebook as well there. Mine's yeah, nice and easy. Oh, sorry, John. Go ahead. You're good. You, you go. Yours is easy. <laughs> okay. I'm just on Instagram, just skewed reality for there's an underscore in there between skewed and reality. But uh, I hope you're going to leave us with, we have to find the underscore. <laughs> if you go to I my, thought about Instagram, doing it, but I, you can search my followers. Brandon follows me. It makes your life easier to search Brandon. <laughs> there you go. I told, I, I said where the underscore was. Cause I told John it was going to be easy. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair. But yeah, I'm current. I'm, as I said, sponsored by Lone Star. Go check out their plastic. I love it. Go check out the blue bonnet. Awesome putter. Very P2-esque putter. But uh, you can follow my journey as I either next year, I either make the step up to MA1 or as an MA3 player, start playing open just to give myself that push I need. So I haven't decided if I'll play MA1 or open yet. I've still got the rest of this year in the off season to figure that out. But you can go follow my journey on that there on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a. I I'm like I delve into social media, but I'm like huge into it. But I have a. I'm kind of a mixed bag. I do a lot of posting about random stuff, education, disc golf, other stuff. Uh, I got at Grim Reeker, G R I M R E K E R is my Twitter. Um, my 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 Instagram is 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 odd. It's uh it's Mister dot john the dot m dot o dot m so it's mr john the mom there's a huge story behind that it stands for man of mystery because they into a lot of different things but um we're not we don't got time for that <laughs> i am excited to delve into that topic on the next round table that's one that i want to pencil in i also want to pencil in this going from ma3 to open I think that's a very interesting topic that I want to hit on. Horatio and I, we are playing an we are playing one tournament this year, and we are playing an open, and we are excited to get last place. We will talk about that maybe on the podcast, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, maybe. thank you guys, thank you for joining us. I hope you guys had a blast. Make sure you rate, comment, review, like all the social media things that people ask for. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week.